0: Turn on that radio and back here. The cops ain't likely to catch up with us, not tonight. So we can all be quiet and peaceable and listen to the music. No, sir.
1: What's Up, Dave Cribs. Hey, what's up, Mr. Dave Villa? Oh man, I'm excited about today's show, brother. It is Thursday. It is Thursday, and it's the first day of the
2: month. It's often it's, you know, we do our show on the first day of
1: the month. So. No, man, it's not. You know, it's kind of like uh, dealers are still cleaning their months up. But you know what's cool, man? We have a tremendous audience already online right now, watching. We have a tremendous audience online listening at Blog Talk Radio as well. And you know what, man? Dealers are interested in a topic that we are going to discuss today. Is it heads or tails? Or is it tails? You decide. It's not a trick corner either. You know one of those ones, man, where no matter what you do, you flip it. It's like heads, I win, tails, you lose. It's not even that, man. It's heads or tails. And here's the reason we're discussing heads or tails today. Yes, we're going to discuss training. I know. That we get jokes all the time that training is what this show's about. But let me tell you something. We discuss a lot of things. But the reason training is so important is because every day you need to be training. Every single day. You can't afford to skip one day. But it's not just – I don't want to hear the same crap over and over. You know what I mean? What I want to hear is – and this is what's brilliant about today. We've got some outstanding – trainers on we vetted this we really really went through we had tons obviously we can bring on and guys that we love gals that we love but we brought on four and then day we reached out to some dealers that actually believe in training Mm -hmm. but they do it in-house and we want to discuss two sides of the coin i want to hear what the trainers have to say in regards to really where dealerships get it right and where they get it wrong
2: and what we need to be doing to really it's all about moving to the next level yeah, absolutely. And you know, we talk so much. No matter what the topic, it always seems to go back to uh, training in some form or fashion. And we we have trainers on all of the time. And you know, we have a unique opportunity today to really listen in because dealers are reaching out to a, to us and saying, "Hey, we want a voice here too. We want to talk a little bit about how we feel about training. Our perspectives, our our input. So we're going to hear that today. It's going to be great. Yeah. And actually,
1: the uh, the, the inspiration for today's show. Um, actually came from one of our guests, uh, guests, Chris Seracino. He'll be talking about that. He's going to be on the second half of today's panel, which is consequently for dealers. Dave alluded to that. We have a general sales manager. We have a general manager. We have a VP, and then we have uh, a partner. And these are all for dealers, all on the blacktop, all believe in training. And really the question came up was actually a phone call. And, and I fielded it a few weeks ago, and, and we were discussing some things, and really this came, and something was already on my heart, because he said, look, you know what, all dealers aren't buffoons. All dealers, you know, all dealers, you know, don't, you know, neglect their people, but I want to discuss, and this is a great, great topic, I thought, I want to discuss, hey, what do you do when life happens? So we're going to get these dealers on the second half of the show, and you don't want to miss it, because they're going to come on and talk about how they do it, how they balance it. We have a dealer on that has three hundred and fifty employees with a few different rooftops, and he's gonna discuss how they balance out life. Hey, divorce and, and you know, kids get sick and stuff happens and you know when when training in a room is not the only thing that matters, what do you do next and how do you handle that? Because really look, as a CEO of a company, you know, Dave and, and you here, you know, one of our main products that we, we, we just launched big time, um, you know. Uh, recently auto deal university which is the the product that you oversee here as our lead trainer um you know listen we understand that with 50 people that we have to manage and and, and deal with there's life happens
2: yeah absolutely and you know what's funny is as a trainer you know you want to go in and of course uh make an an amazing impact on a store and uh you know but oftentimes as a trainer it's kind of an interesting balance because you've got someone, a dealer, who maybe hires you or brings you in or looks for that training, and you kind of have to go in and assess the situation and, you know, uh, point out some things, make some recommendations, and begin to kind of build a foundation there. And uh, oftentimes, as a trainer, it can can feel like you're telling people everything they're doing wrong because you have to kind of point out Uh, some things and some and make some changes and get them in the right direction but at the same time as a trainer um we can't assume that uh that dealers are buffoons i mean they're not they got to where they are because they're amazing car people and i think that uh we're gonna kind of see some of that balance today on the show and maybe we can figure out some answers
1: absolutely uh tweeter leaders in full effect mike will probably pull to a commercial first is that okay all right, so then uh, before we do that, we've got about five minutes before we do that. But listen, let's talk a little bit about what's coming up. And before we do that, hashtag AutoDealerLive. Twitter's blowing up already, and here's what we want to do. We want to give away some things. We have some things left here. Believe it or not, we've shipped out truckloads, it seems like, <laughs> of, uh, of swag to a deal, uh, digital dealer towards Vegas. I'm actually going to be flying out tomorrow. Dave, you're leaving tonight. Mike, our producer, and uh, Mikey and some of the crews is leaving out Saturday. We've got a whole crew in the next three days. That are going to be going to Vegas, and uh, you don't want to miss um, next week. Um, we're going to be uh, bringing you the highlights of Digital Dealer. Not just a bunch of interviews, but we really got some really cool stuff planned. We have three uh, segments that are going to be sponsored in part, uh, a main agenda of Digital Dealer. We have a Women Who Rock Auto, and those of you that are fans of our show, um, we have had a couple uh, Women Who Rock Auto shows, and we're not going to disappoint. Um, we're going to bring you footage with uh, four Um, Superstar, Rockstar Women. Um, We'll keep that a surprise. We already obviously have them booked, but we'll keep you that a surprise until next week. But they're going to be sitting in front of us, and we're going to be dialoguing with them live on camera all together. We also have a BDC boardroom. I think this is the fourth uh, or at least the third BDC boardroom. Uh, We've got the crew coming back that normally joins us. And then, Dave, we have Keep It or Crush It. We just did our first one a month and a half ago. Grant Cardone was on that, and we're not going to disappoint Um, at digital dealer, we're going to have them in front of us again with four, uh, keep it or crush it guests. And it's going to be off the chain.
3: Oh, it's going to be crazy. And if you're watching right now or you're listening and you're planning on being a digital dealer, definitely come and see not only those events, but come and say hello to us uh, flag us down. If we walk by in the hallway, grab us. We want to meet everyone who's listening. It's such an honor to come to you every week.
1: Absolutely, Arnold. Arnold just uh, tweeted out before the show, uh, right before I left out of my office, and I got a chance to respond back to it. But Arnold said, hey, I want to be on the front row of come Dave's on, uh, workshops. And actually, uh, the first one is going to be Monday. And uh, we, we got to plug this because we want to meet you guys. I'm going to be in the keynote hall, uh, 3.30 uh, segment, and uh, it's going to be uh, a leadership segment. It's going to be awesome. Come by there. Also on Wednesday um, in the morning session it's right after the keynote, I think at 10 o'clock um, in the keynote hall. Uh, Dave, you and I are going to do a segment together. It's going to be a sales training. We're going to literally take the gloves off, and we're going to train Sales, yeah, it's right go, there. Talking about on. training,
3: it's going to be on. I can't. It's going to be on like, I can't wait.
1: It's going to be on like Donkey Kong's son. Come on, like like Donkey Kong Junior. <laughs> <laughs> or Donkey Kong's you know, <laughs> nephew or whoever that was. So hey, listen, two or three minutes. We're going to be bringing our panel on. You don't want to miss it. We're going to hit like the cat out of the bag, Dave. We have Brad Lee, Tony Duperquer. we have Jonathan Dawson, Steve Richards. Steve's first time on the show as well. I'm excited about that. Steve is Steve. Steve, man, it is is not. Shy for words. This guy right here oh, writes no. for Motor Trend. He is awesome, and he is a little controversial on some of his opinions on training.
3: Oh, yeah, absolutely. He's, uh, he's a YouTube star, really. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got a huge following on YouTube, and he's in dealerships you know, all of the time. He's an active current trainer in the stores um, he even crosses over. I've seen videos uh, for Harley Davidson. He trains motorcycle salespeople as well using the automobile sales principles it's a, he's, he's an exciting guy who's on the second half of the piano who's on the second half our our, our friend and, <laughs> uh, and all of these guys are our friends really we've got Marsh Bice we've got Danny Benitez. Matt Lasko and Chris Saraceno. You couldn't ask for a better lineup of dealers. Absolutely. So, Mike, we're going to roll
1: to a commercial. Guys, we want to thank our sponsors. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. Don't go anywhere. The next up is panel number one on heads or tails. I'm not sure if this is heads or tails, um, but this is the first panel, and you don't want to go anywhere. That's what's next up on Auto Dealer Live. He's trying to save the advertising world.
0: He did it. He did it for your business. He is Pineapple Advertising.
4: Digital Dealer Conference coming up in October. We're going to look at are you wasting time on millennials? J.D. Power, AARP, just came out with a new study that found that 62% of new cars are actually purchased by boomers ages 50 to 68. This makes sense. Boomers have 70% of U.S. wealth, 50% of U.S. disposable income, average discretionary income of $24,000 per year. So we're going to look at three things, three objectives and takeaways. Number one, generational selling. How do we approach millennials? How do we approach boomers, for instance? Number two, we're going to look at how each group wants to buy. For instance, boomers want to build trust they want to minimize negotiation and we'll look at a host of other things as well and then number three we're going to study ways to engage your customers so that they purchase a new car every three years we'll see you in october
3: Dealers, it's no secret that in this economy cash is king. From the smallest independent lots to the largest franchise dealers, our businesses are driven by available capital. And having more access to your back-end reserve could prove to be a game-changer. You see, until now, a dealer, for example, who wrote a million dollars in premium the first year because of the way our contracts earn out would be able to access about $70,000 at the end of the first year, and about $250,000 in the second year. You see, a dealer could see his reserve increase by a million dollars a year and yet only tap into a very small percentage of that. Look, don't let that be your story. With accelerated profit accessibility, the new reinsurance model is making huge leaps and helping dealers with their biggest reinsurance frustrations. Limited access and poor investment income on reserve. So what could that mean for you? Well, if your loss ratio is estimated at 40% after the first year, under the new reinsurance model, it would mean that you would have access to $600,000 as opposed to $70,000. And in the second year, $1.2 million as opposed to $250,000. Look, times are changing even for reinsurance. It may be time to take a closer look at your dealer-owned reinsurance company. You can do that today by going to DealerRe.com or call DealerRe at 804 nine five three three
1: Jason Rice from LotPop let me tell you what we do to help dealerships increase used car sales twenty to thirty percent in gross and volume three areas we focus on trend reports we look at weekly trends that no one else is trending to make adjustments on in our inventory two is we do weekly review calls to review those trends but also we dig through every car that needs to be price adjusted to increase the searches and three we do a virtual lot walk make sure every car is standing tall in line and make sure we don't have bad photos like these check out our website lotpop.com our blog at AutomotiveRevolution.com and our weekly video tips at increasedturn.com thanks.
5: Hello, I'm Alan Ram, president and founder of Alan Ram's Proactive Training Solutions. Let's face it, good managers are defined not by what they do when they have a showroom full of customers, but more by what they do when there are no customers in the showroom. In 2015, whether you like it or not, the car business is all about conversion of opportunities and driving traffic. All those great closers and desk people are not doing you a whole lot of good if your dealership is not converting effectively on the telephone and internet. As an owner or dealer, when you see five salespeople standing by the front door doing nothing, don't kid yourself, your dealership is not being effectively managed. Management by Fire is a two and a half day intensive course conducted entirely by me that teaches managers how to effectively manage in today's automotive industry. Simple Processes for Driving High-Quality Traffic. For more information on upcoming events, please call my team at 866-996-4665. Once again, 866-996-4665. Thank you.
4: Advertising and production. Pick the pineapple.
3: And we're back. Yes, we're, we are. We're back. And the next up is panel one of Heads or Tails. And what's this going to be, Dave? Heads? I don't know, man. We'll let them decide. I think we I think we heads said up. heads earlier on our promo. Maybe. Heads up, man. Heads up, heads first. Heads up, we got Brad Lee, Tony D, Jonathan Dawson, and Steve Richards. Welcome to the show, guys. What's up, gentlemen?
0: Good, everyone. Man,
1: we hey, are everybody. we are pumped up and excited about today's show. Um, looking forward to having the four of you guys on. Um, and you know, honestly, the reason you know I know the names sometimes the uh, names it, it elude us, and so heads and heads or tails, and and you know, hey, some of you guys ask, hey, what's heads or tails? And and here's the reason: um, the second half of the panel. We're going to have four dealers on. And, and really what we wanted to do, guys, we've had, we've had some, some questions come in regarding training because we talk about training a lot. And so we want to discuss from a trainer's point of view and perspective, looking really from, I mean, regardless of, of most of you, you know, having obviously been in the auto or obviously around the auto industry, still from the outside looking in, all of us are now, um, you know, looking at it from that perspective you know, how we can help a dealer improve. Because we have 20,000 dealers across the nation, roughly. And, you know, all of them obviously aren't doing what they could or should be doing. And, of course, there are some that are lighting it up. So I'm going to start with Jonathan. And I'm going to throw this out there. Uh, JD, listen, talk to the dealers that are listening and, and start this thing off with what you feel like, you know, from a cellcology standpoint, from Jonathan Dawson's point of view. What's the most important thing? that a dealer needs to embrace when it comes to training that they're missing right now?
0: Well, I would start with the philosophy. Um, I believe it all, actually all starts with a, just a belief system about the value of your people and the value of uh, training your people. I think that that's really where it has to start. A lot of dealers I talk to don't actually value as philosophy. They don't value the development of their people. And it's it's like uh, my... my preacher pastor once said he said if you ever wonder where your heart is look where your money goes Mm -hmm. um you know that that's really true about the philosophy or culture of your company as well um a lot of dealers don't bat an eye at spending tens of thousands of dollars on a marketing campaign or on a direct mail piece or on their advertising budget um but when it comes to the development of their team they you know scrutinize those pennies you know that they're willing to spend there so i think it has to start with a philosophy first they have, to, they have to believe that their individual people are valuable and worth retaining and worth training in order to properly retain them. And then from there, it comes to finding a training solution that doesn't just meet the personality of the owner or of the top-level management, because a lot of them will make a decision on training based on what they personally would like, not necessarily what their team needs or would gravitate or respond to as well. So I think you got to stop being uh, egocentric when you make some of these decisions as well. Um, you know, not every trainer is going to offer a solution for every dealer, but but find something that your team resonates with more so initially than uh, than just what you personally like. Those would be two things I would encourage every dealer to think from.
3: Yeah, thank you, Jonathan. And um, Steve, are, are you on the line, Steve? Yes. Okay, great. Welcome to the show. By the way, thanks for uh, thank being, you. Yes, thank you for being here today. Uh, Steve, when you go and you sit down with a dealer and discuss uh, training needs, do you typically find that um, that the dealer, that, that in-person training is more effective on the showroom um, or do you feel like a video, like an online video platform is better because it's there every day long term? What does that look like for you when you talk with dealers?
0: Um, I I, I think it's a combination thereof. Um, I don't think you can replace in-person training, but at the same time, I think it's unrealistic to expect um, management to provide a continuous training process. So uh, what I do is I videotape every session I do in dealership. I videotape the students, and I videotape myself. And then I post those videos for... The students, the dealer, and the management team, um, they're available 24-7 for them to watch. Um, It helps hold me accountable, and it also helps me hold the store accountable because I can tell because only the dealership has got access to them, so I can tell if anybody's watching them. So to answer your question, it's a combination thereof.
1: Hmm. Let me ask you, Brad, I mean, you know, we hear a lot um, on the show you know, from from people who listen. I mean, obviously, we we have a good listening base. And they keep listening, but you know, we a lot of times their their tweet or their comment. You know, man, you guys are always having trainers on, and you know, I'm just a big believer, and in, in in the fact that you could buy all the leads you want, and I'm a marketing company. You can you I mean you can do all the advertising you want. And dealers, man, I've got clients that spend three hundred thousand dollars a month on advertising, three hundred grand. You know, and and I can tell you if you put a revolver to their head and said, "Tell me where you sold." what cars they would die they have no clue they, they don't have a, they don't have a clue on their roi but they're spent 300 grand but when when it comes to training i think it's important why why brad do some dealers and of course the second half of this show there's going to be some that say hey we believe in it why do some dealers go training why do i got it why do i need to do it that's my gm's job or hey that's that's you know my guys need, need to get it or whatever why is it such an issue
0: well, it's a great question, and you know, I, I'll just be transparent with you. I mean, there's a lot of reasons. You know, some of the reasons are a, you know, they're they're they've tried it in the past and it didn't work according to them. So you know, it didn't work, um, and the reason why it didn't work was probably because it was implemented incorrectly, or it didn't have any accountability, or they didn't give it enough repetition. But so you know, they just kind of blanket that training doesn't work, but. You know, some also some dealers, if we're talking about the dealer principal and then the management team, you know, some managers, you know, they, they're lazy, you know, but some of them are serious. So the, 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 at the end of the day, you know, anyone listening or anyone on the call can agree to one thing. Training works, and that's a fact. There's no question if training works. You know, you go to the gym, you work out, you can't run 10 miles, a, you know, a day and be fat. So training works. The question is is what are you what are you what is the training? And then are you giving it enough repetition? And then are you holding people accountable to the training? Do your managers know the training? So like Jonathan Dawson, he might go into a car dealership and train the, the staff and the managers don't even know what he's what they what he's training them and then they inadvertently, not on purpose, have them doing different things pretty soon. The, the training that Jonathan delivered is now dissipated or, or in some cases non-existent. So the reason why they don't was your question. I would say that it, there's too many reasons to, to try and answer that. But the main reason is because they think it doesn't work. I mean, why would you spend $300,000 to get people in your door and nothing to make sure that they're taken care of?
1: And, and precisely, and and I know Dave's going to go to Tony with the question, but just to kind of follow that up, Brad, Jonathan, and, and Steve that have already answered, you know, on the second half of this panel, and they're great, dear friends. I mean, matter of fact, a couple of them are clients of mine um, for for years. Matt Lasko, I guess, is the only one, but um, the others are friends, and um, they believe in training. But one of the one of the gentlemen on the panel, uh, we had a discussion, and he brought up, a, you know, a good point, and I think that you know he wanted to, hey, all dealers you know, don't think this way, you know? And so he was very adamant and and rightly so, Hey, I, I, I believe in training. I want to train and, you know, I'm not a buffoon, so to speak. So obviously you guys don't think that, but from a standpoint of selling anything, you know, when I sell marketing to a dealership, you know, Brad, I, I, I call and I present to a dealership, you know, the, the negatives and, and sometimes the positives and also in that what, what. Then how dealers fail by not marketing, and I have dealers sometimes go, I believe in marketing. So then of course I switch off That's sales. So when you sell as a trainer, obviously you're pointing out the weaknesses of someone who wouldn't, because not everyone does. So let's let's touch base and talk, and just kind of follow that up. On on what do you say to the dealers that believe in training, Steve? What do you say to the dealers that hey, I believe in training, and I'm not a you know I'm not incompetent, and yet you know. Uh, you know, and but yet, life happens you know divorce and sickness, and you might you know family members get sick, and I have to deal with things outside of the quote, quote classroom. Can you speak to that, Steve, and talk to the dealers that have to deal with that on a regular basis outside of having to, having a trainer come in
0: well um, you know it's, uh, most dealers are prejudiced against training because there 's no identifiable return on investment. And quite frankly, there's, 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 there's a lot of bad training out there. Um, one of the things that I try to impress upon a dealer and the management team is if during a session the, uh, the, the attendees don't learn something that they can immediately practically apply, and I'm talking about when they walk out of the session, the session's probably been a waste of time. Um, there, you know, I've witnessed and been part of, in the past, a lot of information dumps where you dump some terrific information on someone, but uh, they say, hey, that's really, really good stuff, but when they get in a position where they could use it, they don't because they don't have the confidence to use it, they haven't practiced it, they haven't drilled it, they haven't rehearsed it. So what I tell a dealer is, if you believe in training, you got to take it in small bits you got to decide what your people need the most, if, if they even know, and then make sure that when the session is over or the, if it's a two-day seminar, when the two days are over, they can actually do something differently than they were doing prior. Hmm.
3: Yeah, and uh, Tony, I'm going to go to you, Tony. Um, I'm going to ask you this question. You know, um, of course, we have to keep up with all of the wonderful tools that are now at our, uh, at our, our disposal and our access. But uh, when it comes to uh, digital, social media, devices, everything like that. But when it comes right down to a sales process, when you get in front of a customer, when you have a body in front of you, has anything really changed?
0: A little bit has changed over the past few years, especially with the amount of education that customers have. But when you go into the core basics of sales, sales are sales, whether it's cars, homes, jewelry, furniture, carpet, it doesn't make a difference. Sales are sales. It is all about what it is, what it does, and what it does for the customer. So the basic mechanics of sales still are there. Just the one thing that we have to ask, and something that we teach our salespeople here at the academy, is to even find out what, from the customer at what stage are they in? Have they already done a lot of investigation? Have they already narrowed down the vehicle that they're looking to purchase, or are they still in a shopping around I don't know which vehicle? So the basic mechanics are still there. If you want to go to football, it's blocking and tackling or or hitting and catching in baseball. The basic mechanics still remain the same, but we have to take into consideration the amount of education and knowledge that the customers have put in and the amount of effort the customers put into purchasing a vehicle before they ever walk into a dealership. And, again, it got brought up earlier with psychology. Utilizing the psychology of human behavior is certainly beneficial with a lot of today's customers. That will really, really help out.
1: Brad, I want to go to you, but I want to ask Steve, you, um, just so I can get it right, because I didn't have a chance to write it down, you mentioned right in the beginning of your answer, Steve Richards, that, uh, about an ROI and about the fact that – what was that exact statement you said about um, not really a measurable?
0: Well, I, well no. Um, there, there are ways to measure it, but it's, it's difficult. Mm-hmm. And um, anything, anything that requires a lot of work on the dealer's part probably isn't going to be very successful. Okay. Most dealers, most dealers just don't you know, they they don't see the ROI.
1: Okay, so Brad, uh, Brad I'm going to go to you. Obviously, you're you're a big believer in training, and not only do you train, you have a training platform. Um I'm gonna ask you to respond to that. I believe it was you that said I disagree, or one of you or Jonathan, um but one of you guys I think kind of said I disagree with that. But Kevin Fry tweeted something in and maybe I'll just add this to it. He said uh watch for key performance metrics. They should arise after good training. Uh Kevin Fry is with Jeff Weiler Automotive and um and, Brad, comment on on uh on Steve's maybe Steve's response regarding um an ROI and, and possibly um, also tag in on what Kevin said about key performance metrics
6: I got something on that
1: Okay, go ahead Brad then well, Jonathan
0: right well again I mean key performance metrics should raise you know if, 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 if you train somebody um, and I'm not sure what Steve's comment was about ROI but I think the, the single most you know highest return you can make investment wise for ROI is training Matter, matter of fact, you know, well, when, I I agree. Used to run car, when I when I used to run car dealerships, I'd go into a dealership doing two hundred cars a month, and within ninety days, we'd be doing you know three fifty, four hundred, and and they would always ask, you know, what do I do, you know, and I wasn't doing anything magical. I was training, and I was going to the blocking and the tackling, and I was holding people accountable for the fundamental things that need to happen every single day. They were calling logs. They were saying the right things on the phone. They were prospecting, and we were selling more cars. Incidentally, you know, I'd leave that dealership, and their cars would go down, and they'd say, oh, it's Brad. It wasn't me. I wish it was me. It was that I was holding people accountable, and I was making sure that the, that the fundamental basics were happening every day. So Actually, that, that, that can happen at any dealership. I'm gonna- it's, it's, dealerships are getting a little bit too... You know, successful in some cases where they think, well, why do I need to train? We're kicking butt. Well, if you, what you don't realize if you had a crystal ball is even though you were selling, you know, 700 cars, if you're training and, and, and holding people accountable, you'd have been doing 900. You just don't realize it.
1: Brad, before Jonathan, right. Jonathan I, know, I know you want to piggyback on that, but I want to actually say Brad, what I think it was you and I and let me let me qualify that because it's about people who will um, and that's a good thing. I'm agreeing with you because I think it's about people who like you Will embrace training, and I also you just you just enlightened me. I'm kind of down the middle and biased here. i here, but um, I got a client, Don Mullis. He is uh, some of you guys may know who he is. He he just uh, moved back to Florida. Took a small general manager, a small Kia store, friendly Kia. I mean, I, we're use names. Don Don's a great reference of ours, but he took a dealership that in June he started July one. They were they were out of the top eighty in Kia nationally. August they were number ten in the nation. They were out of the top 80. Best month they ever had was 119 new and used. Now, he did implement our program because it's a very fast thing to implement. No social, no other marketing, didn't have time to do any of that. In July, he took that store to 230 new and used. In August, 330. Biggest month they ever had was 119. So how does somebody do that? And guess what he told me? I didn't have time to do anything other than your program day, but mostly I implemented process, process, process. That's training. So, I mean, nothing changed other than bringing in measures and saying, let's squeeze some more out of what, we've already, what we already have. Jonathan, I'll let you comment, and then we'll go to Steve. And, Steve, I'll let you weigh in on, uh, on their comments as well. Jonathan, you said you had something on that?
6: Absolutely. Thank you. Uh, so my, my whole thing on this is, you know, when it comes to getting
0: an ROI from your team and trying to get your team to, to grow or, or keep performance metrics, I actually just got a bunch of texts like my clients here on my phone about this, uh, one of them was saying, "You know, we went to we we're now the number one hundred store in Georgia, and I uh, got a salesperson who last month sold 22 cars and took a week off. You know, that was a 12 car a month salesperson just a year and a half ago, and now 22 cars with a week off, and and sells 30 a month when he's there. But you know, the the reality is you can't change people unless something changes in that person, and so we have to train them in a way that they change internally, their viewpoint, their optimism, their hope for the future." Uh, Their specific skill sets or techniques have to change. They have to be able to do things differently, say things differently. But first and foremost, of course, being a psychology guy, I think they have to think differently about their day, about their customer, and about themselves primarily. If your training simply focuses on skill sets, or as I like to say, most training companies out there are are focused in one of two areas. They're either personality-based trainers, which means they believe that if everybody looks like them and acts like them and talks like them, that they can be successful by duplicating their personality. That's one type. Then you have process-based trainers who think that, that if they just follow my systems and my way of doing things and just do this throw to the sale my way, then you'll be successful. I'm a principle-based trainer. I believe in teaching principles. I want salespeople to be more successful because they actually are smarter, more empowered, and more effective. So I think there is real ROI for clients, and I think that, that, that there are going to be key performance metrics that can be measured over time to see the difference. Uh, not only in in their actual production volume and uh, profitability, but also in their personal satisfaction coming to work and your turnover as a a dealership. Hmm.
3: Yeah, and Steve, I'll go to you because, uh, you know, Dave uh, gave a great example of the Kia store. Brad gave some examples of when he would take over stores. And I have seen this. uh, I've been a part of several stores where this has been the case, and I've seen it time and time again throughout my career where a store is doing a certain number Uh, They bring a superstar in, and all of the sudden, I mean, it's like overnight, the increase is amazing. And really, in every one of those locations that I've ever witnessed, it it wasn't a magical secret. It goes back to what Brad said. I mean, it was just, you know, hey, we're going to have a process. We're going to follow this. We've got some basics. We're going to, you know, do these things, but we're going to do them consistently. So why is it that the dealers who struggle with this, the dealers who stay at, you know, 80 cars a month for 12 years. I mean, wh- wh- how is it that we're not getting through to them when it comes to uh, training? Steve?
0: Um, uh, it, it starts at the top. Um, they don't care enough to uh, implement a process and force their managers to uh, follow the process. In most stores, if you've got... Uh, Three desk managers. You've got three different processes. Hmm. You know, he brings up something very interesting. You, you ask, why don't they do it? There's so many dealers out there, and the, the automobile industry seems to be one of the only industries out there that we work off of what our previous manager did, who learned from their previous manager, who learned from their previous manager, who learned from their previous manager, and so on. And dealers and sales managers and F and I people. They just do what they do because that's what they've always done. They've never looked beyond what they can do, and that's where the live training, whether it's school, seminars, or in dealership, and even intermixed in with uh, with the online training. In fact, we have a new platform, the Virtual Training Network, here at uh, the Service Group Academy, launching on on Brad's uh, system on uh,
2: Lightspeed. Uh, on
0: on LifeSpeed. Uh, I think launching next week. That's specializing in F and I at the beginning. It allows not only for the the in classroom student to have good information, and we look for the proof points. We had people come out of high School last month. Out of all the people that we could get the data on, they increased on average 74% in PRU. And this isn't from 200 to 800. This is like 1,200, almost to $2,000 a copy. The PRU, the RO, the ROI was immediate. We were able to see it. And now it's up to the dealers themselves, the business managers, to hold themselves accountable. And again, we're going to utilize our virtual training network to even help Move those people forward and to hold them accountable, kind of as a combo
1: pack. You know, guys, I got to say something too because we're going to have a panel on here in a minute. I'm just, my mind's just thinking because there's going to be the four of these guys come on. Of course, they believe in training, and they're going to say, "Hey, well, I'm going I'm to make a statement. I, I I believe in a marketing budget. You know, obviously, I've been in business twenty years, made a great living, have a great company because there's things called marketing budgets. I would opt for a training budget. And 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 here's the thing: there's going to be there's going to be Dealers that come on in a minute, and if I ask that question, they go, Oh, I don't need a training budget, I need to be able to do it myself. But let me let me ask you guys something. NFL owners, there's some I'm sure that played football, there's some that know the game of football, and there's some that don't know anything about football that they have a lot of money and they want to own a football team. So, here's my thing there's a lot of owners that need to increase that don't that can't train, that don't have the ability to train themselves, they're just not trainers, they got a lot of money. They own a dealership and they want to sell cars and make more money. So I think a training budget's in order for someone like that. So, so and, and I see and so this is and I know you guys will amen this, but Brad, there's necessary for someone like you because you worked in a dealership, you sold a lot of cars, you 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 know you you uh, built a team through training that increased. So now you go, how can I touch the dealers out there and give them my secret? How can I teach them my secret and help them sell more cars? And it's through training. I mean, does that make sense? What about a training budget?
0: It's it's always through training. Everything's about training. Everything. Everything successful. The core of it is training or learning. So again, some of these dealers, they don't know what they don't know. So if they knew all, all, you know, if they knew so much, why are they selling eighty cars a month? Hmm. So they don't know how to advertise. They don't know how to market. They don't know how to teach their salesmen how to close or something. But again, maybe it's an ego thing, or I don't know. Or, or maybe they're just what I call fat and happy, you know. people get fat and happy, not necessarily physically fat, but in other words, they're making a living, they're happy, they don't care about selling any more cars, which, mm-hmm. again, more power to them. But at the end of the day, any successful endeavor in the world starts with training, yeah. other than winning the lottery.
2: Hmm. Well, we got about three well we're there.
0: actually, we're seeing dealers that are putting together training funds, and they're actually, it's, it's, Part of I'm going to use the word the pack that they'll take ten, fifteen, twenty dollars depending on the volume of the of the uh, of the store, and that comes straight out of gross. It goes to a training fund. So when we're in actually in doing in dealership training, it's not net costing the dealership. It's really not changing their bottom line any. Because they're building it into the deal, the dealers are in on it, the general managers, the GSNs, the sales managers, and even the sales people, and of course the F&I people. As in, it is a top-down, kind of like what got brought up earlier. It's a top-down decision and a commitment of what we want to do. And the stores that we see do this, all they do is escalate in sales, yeah. growth, profit on the front and on the back. Mm-hmm. So you know, and, and I got, yeah, and I have to say, I have to say one more thing. Uh, I can totally vouch for uh, Danny Benitez believing in training. I've done training at Danny's stores, oh, uh, probably six, eight years now. I haven't seen him in a while, but I've, I've personally been inside Danny Benitez stores and done uh, sales and F&I training in his store myself. Well, my question is, just out of curiosity, David, is there somebody that doesn't believe in training? I mean, is this show no. about whether training—no, no, 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 no. Is believable or not? I, I
3: don't think. I don't think so. I don't know. So. No, but I think we can all agree. I think we can all agree that sometimes selling deal, selling a dealer on a tr- on training is more challenging or more difficult when they have these amazing budgets for marketing and buying leads. And I think that uh, money well spent would be to uh, you know channel some of that money. More towards training, so that when you buy additional leads and you spend your money on your leads, you're not only going to improve the performance on the leads, but now you're going to improve your performance on every lead from there forward. So I
2: think you guys agree with that.
0: Yeah, one hundred percent. Matter of fact, if if a dealer is going to spend fifty thousand dollars on advertising, spent forty five thousand dollars advertising, and gave five thousand dollars to a trainer or again, their own employees' as bonuses for training on their own. Like, I'm not, you know, saying anybody's training is better than anybody else's. I'm saying training is mm-hmm. the key. So sure. if you spent 45000 over here and 5000 to prep for that sale and 50000 over here, over here you'd bring in, let's say, 1,000 people, no training. And over here you'd only bring in 700 people and, and training. Right. You'll close more deals off the 700 and make more money off the 700 than you will the 1,000 anyway. You'll yeah. we'll have happier yeah. customers, lower turnover. I mean, it's it's like a no brainer. So that's why I was trying to ascertain: is this show uh, about whether or not dealers believe in training? Because I think they all do. Yeah. But let's be let's be honest. You know, when I was out I knocking on doors trying to sell training, you know, and when I was a GSM, you know, we got bombarded by everybody and their dog that would tell us how their training was the best, and you know, it, it, so uh, again, there's a barrier up there. Sure. The question isn't, you know, do they? do they believe in training? Because I think they all do. They know it for a fact. The question is, why don't they do it? That's my question. Mm -hmm. That's why I want to get on the show, to ask dealers if why don't you train your people? It's mm. ridiculous.
1: And you know what? We've got to go to the next panel, so here's what we're going to do. And that's a great question. And we're going to ask that, Brad, via you uh, first to the dealers that come on. And, of course, they all do, Tony. All four of them do believe in training. In my opinion, Brad, yes, they all believe in training. But someone taught me a long time ago, follow the line, follow the trace of their pocketbook. What they spend their money on is what they really believe on. So your question is so valid. If they believe in it, which they say they will, do they spend money on it? And if they don't, they really don't believe in it. So, But, but, but yeah, I think they all do. But how, 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 how convicted are they? We're going to give you guys all four. We're going to start with you, Steve. We're going to give you guys all four just a, uh, just 45 seconds, closing remarks, and then at the end of those, tell a dealer, tell the listeners where, how they could reach you and how they can find out more about you. Steve Richards, thanks for being on the show. If you can give your closing remarks, and, uh, and we'll go to Brad, then Jonathan, and then we're in with Tony.
0: Well, if you look at the root of the problem, um, I, I have two questions. What percentage of the people selling cars today grew up wanting to sell cars, and what percentage that are selling cars see themselves as lifelong car salespeople? And, and therein lies the problem. Um, you, sure, anyone's going to say they believe in training. That's called lift circle. But if they have tried to train their salespeople time and time again, and those salespeople don't respond, they don't study, they don't take their profession seriously, and then they leave, and then you have a new group following them, um, I don't blame the dealer for being suspicious of spending money training people. Because I find that the vast majority of the salespeople are, are, are treating the job as a, I'm gonna try it until something better comes along.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, Brad? <clears throat>
0: Well, I'll try to keep it in 45 seconds. First, and and I'm talking to dealers, you know, trying to convince you to train because that's the answer. But, one, you spend more money on toilet paper, coffee, and balloons than a good training program that works costs. Okay? Two, there's a major talent decline in the auto industry. There's, there's, like, I am shocked when I go into dealerships and I see the level of talent that their sales staff have. A lot of them have a sales prevention team, believe it or not. And then, <laughs> and then the third one is nowadays you have more informed co- customers coming in from the Internet. They're very informed. You know, this wasn't like back in the day. They're very informed. And, 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 and when your customers are getting smarter, and your salespeople are, 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 are being less educated, you're going to have a collapse one of these days where basically you just need to go to a one-price store, put the tag on the car, put a check, put a, put a cashier at the front, and, and cross your fingers.
1: Absolutely. How do we find you? How does someone find you, Brad, if they want to learn more about you?
0: Well, if you look anywhere in the car business. No, just joking. Um, <laughs> You can reach me at Lightspeed VT. Again, we don't offer training anymore. We provide trainers like these gentlemen and, and others the platform to deliver the training. And it's not just a video that you watch, it's an online interactive web based technology to emulate what they would do in real life. Because if you're not asking questions and you're not engaging the the student, they're just watching a video, it really is not that effective. But as soon as you start asking questions through that interactive technology, now their ears perk up and they realize they have to engage. And just because we engage the user through interactivity, they learn 360% more than watching a video. So just if anyone comes to you on a Lightspeed platform, just know that it's not just a video. Okay, it's interactive video technology. It tracks measures and monitors anyone and everyone in real time. It's almost like having a full-time manager track every one of your employees. And then the reporting and analytics that you get back from that interactivity is amazing. Awesome. But you can find me at V T or at theRealBradley on Twitter. Jonathan,
1: Jonathan hey. Dawson.
0: Yeah, before I go, I'd like to give uh, Steve uh, an opportunity um, you,
4: you didn't
0: share your contact information, Steve. Um, oh, I'm yeah, I'm I'm sorry. Um, Steve Richards. Um, uh, Jay Steve Richards at Twitter. Um, Steve Richards at the RedZoneWave. and um, you can find me on YouTube. Just uh, type in Steve Richards car sales.
1: Thank you, Steve. yeah. Sure.
0: yeah. Thank uh, you, Jonathan. Uh, Yeah, of course, Steve. I have a lot of respect for you. I appreciate what you do in the industry. So, so first of all, thank you to dealers listening, managers listening. I hope that this, if anything, just reactivates your interest in engagement and your personal accountability. I just got a text from one of my dealers. I don't. I don't know if it'll show up there, uh, backwards text on there, but uh, he says, you know, the number one reason is actually two reasons why dealers don't train. It's ego and ignorance. They either just believe that they've got it all under control or they're just ignorant in the sense that they, they don't, they're not even aware of, of what maximum possibility there is for their people and for their company. And that's coming from
5: a dealer who, uh, who's who been working with me for two years at number one Hyundai store in Georgia. Um, but I, I just want to say,
0: training for me is about... Developing the individual and respecting the individuality of that individual. I believe that we can empower salespeople by teaching them how to think like a customer and how to elevate the customer in the process and in do so create raving fan advocates out of our customers. It's not enough to sell a car. It's not enough just to have a happy customer. You want to create raving fan advocates who go into the marketplace and help that salesperson and that, that dealership. And that's where I think most powerful training comes is from teaching salespeople how to become that internal business within the business. Uh, For dealers who are interested in psychology, if you love psychology and you love empowering your people, and and my view resonates with you, I'd love to connect with you. You can find me at Cellcology, and that's S-E-L-L-C-H-O-L-O-G-Y. So um, obviously, Jonathan Dawson, throw that into Google. If you throw into Google Cellcology, S-E-L-L. P H O L O G Y it into Google, you'll see psychology branding, psychology referrals, you'll see a bunch of stuff. Check it out. If it resonates, I'd love to I'd love to talk to you. I'm only looking for people who are looking for me.
3: Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Jonathan. Uh, Jonathan and Tony.
0: I'll make it really quick. Dealers don't know what they don't know until they know it. We have a new generation of customers that take with a new generation of salespeople and it takes new generation sales and F and I and sales manager techniques and information to be successful and more successful in today's industry. And that's what we specialize here at the Academy of Service Group. You can find me very easily at sgis.com, training the Academy. You can email me at D at sgis.com, my number, 512-542-1669. Look for me on Facebook. You can just search Tony D in Austin, Twitter, F&I Guy at FI Update, and on Periscope, Just look for at Tony D and we will get you all set up. Thanks for uh, the opportunity to speak to everybody here on auto dealer live. David, Dave.
1: Thanks guys. Thank you. Thank you guys. And, um, want to appreciate it. And listen, don't go anywhere, but right now we're going to be back. We're getting the four second half. We're going to go a little over today, but I trust me, you want to hear the rest of this because we have Marsh Bice, Danny Benitez, Matt Lasko, and Chris Saracino, all dealers. They've been listening, and we're going to weigh in on what was discussed here and then hear what these guys have to say. Um, so don't go anywhere. Right now, really quick, we have the third, the third um, edition of The Next Up is Ram on Fire, Alan Ram. Oh. He's going to be bringing you the heat right now. It's going to scorch you. We'll be right back.
5: I'm Alan Ram, President and Founder of Alan Ram's Proactive Training Solutions, and here's what's got me fired up today. I am so excited to say this. Good people with potential that end up at bad dealerships and then wash out of the car business because it's not for them. Here's a fact. I got lucky. I know that. When I started selling cars, I was 21 years old and had just gotten out of the Marine Corps. I didn't know a good dealership from a bad dealership. I just knew that this one Nissan dealership was willing to hire me. Now here's the lucky part. It just so happens that this dealership that I ended up at had great management. It started with a general manager, Jim Blanton. They put me through a two-week training class. After that two-week initial training, it never ended. Training was always a priority. My team leader, Steve McMullen, was always willing to take time to coach me and help me. I'm forever grateful to these guys because they put me in a position to succeed and showed me the tremendous potential that existed in the automotive industry. Otherwise, I may very well have ended up one of those people that said, I tried selling cars, it just wasn't for me. Is your dealership putting you in the best position to succeed? Here's a fact. If they don't train you, they don't care about you. That's a fact. If they don't train you, they're not putting you in a position to succeed and you should leave and go to a better dealership and I'm not talking about them having my training I'm talking about any training even if your dealership invests in crappy training at least they're trying some dealers just need a little help in the selection process I'm talking about this guy I get a report every day on everyone my reps speak to one of my reps has been talking to the general sales manager of a Ford dealership in Tennessee. Now, if I get a little more fired up, I might call him out by name. And her comments about her conversation with this general sales manager said, he's fighting an uphill battle because he said his owner doesn't believe in training and is not willing to spend any money on any training. This guy said that out loud. Let me say that again. The owner doesn't believe in training and is not willing to spend any money on training. Here's what I commented back on her report. She needs to tell that general sales manager to quit today and go work for a good dealer because his dealer sucks. How does someone like that find anyone to even work for them? That's not an isolated incident either. I can't tell you how many times I hear versions of that story. Here's another favorite. Dealers that don't spend any money on training because their turnover's too high. Here's a news flash. Your turnover is most likely too high because you haven't equipped your people with the skills to make money and they in turn don't think you give a crap. When people are doing well they don't tend to quit as often. If your turnover problem is that bad and you're the general manager or owner you might very well be the problem and you should look into that. Here's the good news if you're a salesperson or manager. There are Thousands, literally thousands of great dealerships and dealer groups out there who would be thrilled to have you. Dealerships with great leadership that will put you in the best position to win. If you're not at one of those dealerships right now, you need to get to one. You deserve better, and everyone that relies on you deserves better. Feel free to reach out to a trainer you know and respect. It doesn't have to be me. Here's what I'll tell you. If you reach out to me, I'll be happy to refer you to some great dealerships. I know a lot of amazing dealers all over the country that do invest in their people and put them in the best position to succeed. Send me an email at allen at and I'll be happy to put you in touch. Don't misunderstand me. I'm not going to get you a job. That's up to you, but I can assure you I can point you in the right direction. Don't deny yourself the best opportunity to succeed in this industry. It's amazing, and I love it. Quit working for lousy dealers that don't care about you. I really do hate seeing good people end up at the wrong dealership and not having the same chances that I did. I got lucky the first time. If you didn't, that's okay. Make your own luck. Thanks for letting me get that off my chest.
1: All right, we're back. We're back. This is Auto Dealer Live, and we're running a little behind, but bear with us. It's going to be worth it. The next next up right now, they're here. They're on the phone. Um, We've got three of the four. We're waiting for uh, Matt Lasko to come back in. I think he was in and had to uh, jump back out to um, handle a deal. But we've got three of them. We're going to go ahead and start. We have Marsh Vice, Danny Benitez, and Chris Saraceno. The next up is panel number two on heads or tails. Gentlemen, thanks for joining us, and uh, appreciate you guys being a little patient with us.
0: Um, to be
1: here. Here. <laughs> well, I want to thank you guys, man. So I'm not sure if you guys were able to listen in on the first panel or not, um, but we're talking about training, and we had Bradley, uh, Tony D., Jonathan Dawson, and Steve Richards on. And, um, you know, one of the things I want to kind of jump right in. Chris, you know, you and I talked, and I appreciate your call um, by the way and i and i I love uh, that kind of dialogue, and I always want to make the show better and We call the show the the show where dealers go, and this is about you guys and this is about dealerships not not vendors but um and I love the conversation you and i had and and uh, i 'm going to ask you if you would you know you 're a dealer. And you're also on the vendor side in, in some degree as well. And you obviously have a lot of relationships with vendors. But you have close to 350 uh, employees that um, are, are under the responsibility of the organization that you are partners in, Kelly Automotive. And, you know, you brought up the fact, and I love it, and I've really, really I've mentioned it probably about 10 times since we've talked to my crew, and, and it just really got inside me here, where you talked about, you know, look, life happens. What about the dealers that, you know, aren't... You know, buffoon, so to speak. We're you know, we're not, we're not, you know, we're not dropping the ball necessarily. We're trying our best. We're training. We believe in training, but yet life happens. Divorce. Kids are sick. You know, uh, you know, all types of things you have to deal with outside of the training room. And you said that's training too. And I say a great big amen. I want to get you to start out by commenting on that, and maybe uh, filling in the gaps and uh, sharing that with the gentlemen on the panel and our listeners, Chris Cercino. Well, first of
0: all, I want to let you know uh, we. we at Kelly, we love your show, and we enjoy it. Uh, And one of the comments I made um, earlier was I said, you know, sometimes when I listen to the trainers that are on here, uh, I said they come across as if, you know, some of the dealers that that were a bunch of dummies that we don't understand training, that we don't believe in training, that we don't believe in, you know, hiring, recruiting. (laughs) I said, you know, most of the dealers around the country, a lot of them, you know, do a really good job and they perform, I said, but I have a tough time when I hear somebody online that's has a training company and has five or ten employees working with them, uh, you know, sometimes they forget how tough it is if you have 100, 200, 300, 400 people. Uh, it's not that you don't believe in training. Uh, it, it's sometimes just coordinating, uh, the recruiting, the training, the hiring. Uh, I said, Things get in their way. People have dog problems, kid problems, wife problems, parent problems, house problems. I said, all that get in, gets in the way. And I said, my recommendation to some of the trainers that are on there is that you may just want to take a look at uh, yourself in the mirror and say, hey, uh, it's not as easier. It's like a preacher on a Sunday.
6: Mm-hmm. It's
0: much easier to preach it, uh, the Ten Commandments, than live it. So I I would ask uh, some of the trainers who are who are friends of mine. I'm I'm good friends. I've had this discussion with them many times. Sure. is you know, you you get your business through the dealers. Uh, you know a lot of our de- the dealerships and the managers are working fifty, sixty, seventy hours a week, uh, and it's much easier to talk about it than live it. Um, although we appreciate what all the trainers do, um, you got to remember when you have a company of three, four, five hundred people or larger, uh, it's it's very challenging, so I'm going to throw that out to uh, to Danny and I'll throw it out to uh, Marsh and, you know, give me what your thoughts are.
3: Yeah, Danny, we'll go to you.
0: Okay. Yeah, to begin with, training's a terrible idea. Uh, <laughs> I don't like it. Uh, yeah, uh, You know, Tony D. did come out here for a little bit. We actually stopped training when he came out. We decided if <laughs> that's <laughs> as good as it gets, uh, we're done. Now, of course, and like Chris said, training is important. It's, uh, I think the key here is that training has to become a culture. It has to be something that's constant and something that you, uh, you tie into the everyday life of your dealership. It can't be an event. It has to be something that you do constantly. And I, I'll agree with uh, Chris is that you know, it's, it's a lot easier said than done. Uh, you know, If you want to lose weight, people say, "Oh, it's simple. Diet and exercise. Uh, why would you want to eat things that are bad for you? And why wouldn't you go to the gym when you know it's good for you? Well, you know, duh. Okay. tastes good. That's right. I yeah, right. But, you know, nachos are delicious. Yeah. So, um, you know, it, it is. And, and life happens and things come on. So you have to have something. In effect one of the people on the previous segment said, you know, that uh, managers are lazy or, I would like to say, distracted or whatever. So there have to be systems put in place that are kind of dummy proof that, that kind of come along and and, uh, and happen automatically. And, that, you know, some of these platforms are, are a cool component to where that can happen and you can get emailed uh, results back to you, and we do some of that. But, um, you know, I think really it boils down to culture, and is training a priority to you? Is it important? Uh, I loved what Tony D said about adding it to the pack of the car or the hard, or the hard cost of the car. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting uh, thing to think about. but. You know, training is the difference between effort and success. Uh, you know, we can put a lot of effort out, but unless you're trained and understand what to do when they get there, you know, it can be wasted. But uh, it's tough to do. But we we do try to make it a priority and we try to do the best we can with
4: it. Well, Marsh,
1: and thank you, Danny Marsh. You know, that's uh, speaking of that concept. I mean, we do that with marketing. Obviously, you know, dealers are reimbursed, so to speak. Um, you know, by packing in, in in an ad budget to to uh, to vehicles. In training, obviously you believe in training, and by the way, the three of you guys do training. But I had a question that I wanted to ask you that I brought up in the uh, somewhat in the first segment, based on uh, I think it was Brad's answer, just got me thinking. Um, and 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 I'll ask you this, Marsh, and then Chris, you could uh, weigh in as well. What about the dealers? Let's say you know go to the NFL. We're, you know we're football fans, a lot of us, and you know there's just sometimes owners that have a lot of money. You know they 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 couldn't you know, they couldn't manage a team or coach, you know, like Jerry Jones gets involved or whatever. They're not that kind of owner. They you know they they own, you know, uh they, they just have a lot of money and they want to win and they want to make more money and they think it's a novel, novel, you know, cool idea to have a team. What about those owners, Marsh? The guys that can't train is still important. So should they have a training budget? What should they do if training is that important if they're not gifted like the three of you guys i mean you guys blog and write and train and you have your own you know companies and things like that what should a dealer marsh do that doesn't have that gifting and talent that would put their people to sleep if they try to get up and talk to them
6: well i I think um and i think that's why you have more than one um you know manager at your store is Mm -hmm. because you know just because that may be my wheelhouse um, you know, there are other managers here that are very, very good in what they do as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so it's it's kind of a it's kind of a compilation of um uh, of a little bit of everything because, you know, my personality and the way that I may train may be different and people may receive it differently than somebody else. Um, and so and I think that's why you have the different unique styles. I think as a leader when you're when you're assembling your team, is, is you find the strength in each one of those guys, and you have them only, uh, only, only teach from what they really know um, and, and, and whatever their expertise is and whatever they're really good at. Uh, the other part of it, you know, you, you, can't, um, you can't fake it, um, and it'll come across insincere just because, you know, I, I heard something interesting the other day. It was a book that I just read called uh, Relentless, mm-hmm. and he was the personal trainer to Michael Jordan. And, uh, and he, was, he was being interviewed about the uh, book. And he said, let me tell you something. He said, you can look on the back of a Coke can and get all the ingredients. He said, you can go to the store and go get all these ingredients. He said, but you can't make a Coke. He said, the reason being is because you don't have the formula. Mm. Mm. And you as a leader, you, just because you have all the ingredients in the store as a leader, now what you have to do is is you have to assemble your team and find the strengths, and then put together your own unique formula.
3: Yeah, and Dave, I think it's unfair to to actually interview this panel because they're so good at implementing <laughs> training. You know, we invited a bunch of bad dealers on, but they wouldn't come on. So, um, but uh, Chris, Chris, I'm here. I mean, I will say
0: that, that um, you know, if you can't train, then you have to pay. And uh, it's no different than anything else. You I mean being that you you budget for health care, your budget for advertising, you budget for training. I mean training is a must. Uh my biggest challenge is when I hear uh the trainers on a show talking as if dealers do not get it. Uh we get it, but you know what happens? You might have six months where you're killing it and everything is going great, and guess what happens? Somebody gets sick, somebody's allied, somebody gets in a car accident, and you know what? You, or you take your eye off the ball for a second. They're not doing the morning training, and they're not doing the online training. They're not doing the things. So it's a never-ending task uh, to do this. And when you have a lot of people and a lot of managers and bigger stores,
4: mm-hmm.
0: one or two key people that are out that could change the dynamics for a month. Uh, I mean, or two months, just like that. It's not that good dealers don't want to do it. It's just that sometimes life gets in the way, and you always have to be looking. And going back, of course, any dealer that doesn't have an internal training, they have to spend money to bring to do the right thing. But even if they do, it doesn't mean it's going to happen automatically.
3: Yeah, that's, those are great uh, points, Chris, and that is why it's so nice to have dealers on that can share those perspectives and kind of bring that out in the open. Uh, I heard Marsh agreeing, and, and I'd like to go to Danny. I know, Danny, uh, you, you do a lot of traveling and conferences and, and things like that. Um, We heard Bradley say earlier that he believes that we may see we may be in the middle of, you know, seeing salesperson's skills diminishing because of the ride that we're on right now in the car business. It's booming. And, you know, maybe uh, there's not the spotlight on the skills when there are when it seems like the dealerships are doing really well.
0: Right. We're we're getting complacent as as an industry. And I couldn't agree more. I don't really know if I would agree that the talent is dropping off. I think that our, uh, our commitment is dropping. I, you know, people are getting these false success stories. Uh, I've seen dealerships that, just like he said, are selling such and such hundred of cars. And, and so they think everything they're doing is right. And, and somewhere along the way, we fooled ourselves into believing them that we're better than we are. And so we lose focus on developing And sometimes we chase outcomes, and I think that's dangerous. And I think sometimes we should focus a little less time on chasing an outcome and a little more time on just getting better every day. And we have to, if we're going to do that, then we have to pay attention to these key performance indicators. We have to track and watch and see if there's things that are are, uh, getting better, things that are getting worse uh, from a salesperson standpoint. And we just have to watch that. But the answer to your question is I think we're getting complacent, The the business is coming back since we had the big crash. Things are coming back, and we're getting a little uh, proud of ourselves. And so we back off on training. We're hiring these people. But right now it's more important than ever that our processes are rock solid and that people, when they come to work for us, understand how we do business. Then we have to tap into them individually and find out what their talents are and start developing. I think we have gotten out of the developing business, and we're really more into just gathering up the money and, and pretending we're Were awesome, but we all saw what happened in, uh, you know, six, seven years ago when we thought there would never be a rainy day. Well, those who were trained up and have the right processes, they got through it. And the people that were fat and happy, they all went away.
1: Marsh, well, man, let me ask this, and this is, uh, and Chris, you can you can piggyback on this because it, you you inspired this question. But going to Marsh, I mean, Chris mentioned one of the things in our conversation a few weeks ago, and then also just a minute ago, um, you know, and I forgot about this part when I was initially asking the question. But um, you know, he had mentioned you know when you have some of these trainers that have a few, and there's nothing wrong with small companies and big companies, and everybody has you know the right to obviously make money and do their thing. But when you're vetting, you know, a company you know to train i mean chris brought up a good point is it important marsh if you have a dealership with 150 employees and you know you're trying to you know you know build an organization and bring in a trainer Is it important to vet them and look at them and say, hey, you know what, look at their track record and say, hey, have they been able to, you know, foster and build employees and, you know, and and, and develop leadership and and actually, you know, bring people on? Because there's a lot of trainers out there that can't, you know, every time they go and start to build somebody, then that person leaves and splinters off office like an amoeba, you know, they all start their own deal. Is that a reflection sometimes on possibly whether or not that trainer should be in your store training your people, Marsh?
6: Yeah, I mean, were you so successful that you ended up out of the car business? Um, you know, that's my question. I mean, did did you were you in a valley experience, and then all of a sudden you just couldn't sell any cars anymore, and so you are got burned out, and so you bounced out and uh, and went and started your company? Yeah, that's very easy to do. Um, and what I really admire is, and, and thank you, Chris, for saying that because I, I one hundred one thousand percent agree. Don't tell me what I'm, you know. Don't don't talk about me if you haven't done it, and and uh, if you're shoulder to shoulder and you're you're in the trenches and you've and you can you can sit down with me, and and tell me what you've done, uh and 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 share some war stories. Uh, then that's that's the kind of guy or, or gal that I want. I want somebody who who I, I want to see the scars. I want to see the 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 the, uh, the gunshot wounds, metaphorically speaking. That's the kind of stuff I want to see. Mm-hmm. um and you know there's too much finger pointing there's too much from the outside and these guys rolling around in their you know in their nice cars pointing out what we're not doing well i tell you what if if you can do it so well why don't you have your own dealership mm-hmm. that's my question so you know i think a, a good a good trainer should be able to be able to relate to those dealers but then also um you know be able to share
0: those stories as well danny yeah, well, I think that uh, I think a mistake that some of these trainers make is that they want to come in and help you with success uh, based on their definition of success. So uh, I think if a trainer comes in and understands that unless they're able to, to move the needle on what you define as success in your store, then they're missing the boat. And, and it's, there's no difference in these trainers or managers or dealers or salespeople is we start kind of, we start, our ego starts to swell, and we start to think it's all about us. And and no matter which one of those people we're talking about, I think we can all learn a lesson by listening and understanding what's going on with that uh, particular dealership. And and you have to tailor that training or that consulting or whatever to that dealership. But uh, those are good points. You know, I agree. I don't know if I 100% agree with, with you, Marsh, on, how long they've been doing it? I want to just pick out what the nuggets are, and I want to find out what works for me. And if it's something that they learned, you know, maybe it's technological, uh, something that some of our old school people don't know anything about that can take them to the next level. Um, you know, I do want them to have experience. I don't want them coming in here with some sort of uh, blue sky scenario. But I just want valid information. And I'm going to point one other thing out when it comes to virtual training. I think virtual training is cool. Uh, But I also want to point out that if if you're a trainer out there doing virtual training, update your damn content, okay? Keep bring some fresh stuff in. I don't want to look at the same stuff over and over again because once you get through it, uh, you know, you can say, well, you can't train enough. That's okay. But there needs to be new things coming along. Uh, that are exciting and, and different, and new studies and things that will help us take a different approach. Because at least at uh, least put know, a new hairstyle. Changing.
1: At least put a new hairstyle. It in if you're going I mean, at least like you know, come into like a new hairstyle every <laughs> once in a while. If you're gonna do the same thing, you have a new suit on or whatever. Yeah. You know, you know, yeah. not like a multi. Bring us 19- something.
0: Bring us something. We live in a content <laughs> world. You know, right. uh, consultants and trainers talk to me about providing new, fresh content, and getting out there. You know, when it comes to social media or whatever, bring us some. And uh, that—that's what we want to see. We—I want to see something that makes me go, "Wow!" You know, uh, listening to what Tony D said, I want to hear something new and fresh. I've heard some of the old stuff, and I've heard the stories, and you know, all the things you did forty years ago. But I want to know—I want to know what today's customer is looking for, and something we can do that's going to completely set us apart from everybody else. And that's what I want. I don't yeah. know, Chris, Mark, you agree? Yeah. I'd love to I do. I mean, I, I look at it and say, uh, you know, there's trainers, there's entertainers, and there's facilitators out there, uh, and and there's lots of guys that do a, uh, men and women that do great jobs in doing this. But I mean, the bottom line is, all of us in the dealership world, we just want to sell cars, we want to make money, we want to have fun, we want want to have enthusiastic customers, enthusiastic team members. And what's so great about this business? And one thing that we Marsh uh, and, uh, and Danny and I agree on is that nothing is good or bad until compared to something else. And the great thing about our industry is every month we get a report card, and we get to see how we compare it to the district, the region, the zone, everyone in the state. So you can look in the mirror every day, and if you're not better than, than the average, you're not that good. And if you're killing it and you're in the top you know, 5%, 1%, you're doing a great job, and you're doing something right. And that's what makes this industry great. And that's why people that are in the auto industry every single day come in. They love that competition, they love to see how they compare to other people. And there's very few industries where you get to see on a daily, weekly, and monthly basis and yearly basis where you're standing compared to everybody else.
3: Well said. Well said, Chris. Um, Marsh, I'm going to go back to you, and, and, and I know that we're uh, we're getting close on time, aren't we're, we, Dave? Yeah, we're we we're, uh, Okay, we're out. <laughs> we're, we're, we're out of time, but here's the thing. We're still going to cl- have closing comments, and what I'd love to ask, because obviously I'm sure that some of the trainers that were on earlier would love to be on right now engaging and dialoguing, but uh, Marsh, if you could say one thing to a trainer, if you could give them one piece of advice when it comes to approaching a dealer, talking with you, about uh, where you're at and how they might be able to help you, what would you say to that trainer?
6: Just don't forget your roots. Um, you know, that's, no. the, that's the biggest thing. Don't Spirit. don't forget where you came from. Um, and don't forget, um, you know, we're, we're a part of it. Uh, we're, we're a part of the reason um, that you are successful. So I have nothing against trainers or anything like that. I'm all for them. Um, it's just, you know, make sure that you don't get so far removed from it that um, – that you just really forget, um, you know what what neighborhood you came from. So that's that's my Mar- biggest thing, and just just be relational with it.
1: Marsh, the Saints going to pull it out this week and turn it around, starting this week.
6: Uh, I, yeah, no. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> uh, no, Yeah, I, I, yeah we, we've got a long oh. we've got a long bus ride this year. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right, all right. Danny, same question to you, man. Just uh, speak to speak to the trainers out there because you're a dealer, and you're you know obviously you guys are getting called on left and right. So what's, what's your uh, piece of advice and, and also maybe a piece of advice to dealers that are maybe uh, looking to um, train more?
0: Yeah. Uh, trainers, I would say um, get some information first. Study the dealership. Understand how it works, what its strengths and weaknesses are. Um, go in and listen. Listen to what the dealership needs and, and tailor your approach to that. Another thing to do would be to set up some expectations from the very beginning. Where are you at? We think that our product and our services will take you to this level. And then let's gauge it and let's look at it and let's see if they deliver on the ROI that they're talking about. And, you know, as a general manager or a dealer or whatever, you know, I understand numbers. And so show me uh, a and l on your service. Show me what it's going to cost me, what resources I'm going to have to provide, what my part's going to be, uh, and then uh, the net effect of what you're going to do. And then we'll compare that to what it costs. And when you talk to me in that language, I start listening. But to hear that you're doing things wrong, and we're going to show you this blanket kind of cookie cutter approach, uh, doesn't interest me that much. So I think study, listen, and and, uh, and and go in there with some information and tailor your services to that dealership, and don't force your opinions to dealers. I would say, uh, you know, and the the big topic here is about training, and absolutely, it's important. You, you know. And uh, Jonathan pointed out, you spend, how much do you spend on training compared to advertising? And I'm telling you, proper dealership training will make your marketing dollars exponentially more effective. Mm. Uh, You know, you have to, don't spend so much time and money promoting a substandard product. You know, it's just, from a business standpoint, it's just a bad investment. So if you're going to spend this money promoting your dealership, then make sure when they get there that that's not disappointing. And training is the key. How, what kind of training? Is it, is it facilitators that come in? Is it online? Is it done in-store? Is it one-on-one? And uh, the other thing I would say, don't stop at sales training, please. We need to talk about managers, inventory management, technicians. We need to talk about service drive. We need to talk about all these different parts of your dealership. Your trainers need to be trained. And, and the people that are teaching your people, where are they getting their information? Are they studying on a regular basis? Nobody in this dealership studies more than me. Uh, I don't want to be stumped if I get asked a question. I want to bring right. fresh new content, my people. So trainers, bring us some fresh content. That's, that's all I got to say about that.
3: Love it. Mm. Very good,
1: Chris.
0: Well, I, I'm going to uh, ditto what Mark, uh, Marsh, and uh, Danny Shed. But you know, the, the message is to trainers to be seek first to understand stand before you present. But uh, and to dealerships. Training is a a must. It's an obligation we have to team members to make sure they're trained. But I also want to stress to the dealers and and the trainers, nothing happens unless you train leaders first. If the leaders aren't trained, you can spend all the time and effort training the team. If the key people, the general managers, the sales managers, the influencers, if they're not going through the training first and they don't have a good overview of what needs to happen and, and, and to support it, you're wasting your time, effort, and money. Uh, and doing it. So it all comes down to making sure that the dealer, the general manager, the general sales manager, the fixed operation manager, uh, the controllers, if they're not bought into it, the lead people, you are just you might as well just take your money and burn it uh, because th- those are the people that need to be bought into it.
1: Well said, gentlemen. Thank you, guys. Make sure, uh, listening, and, and you guys as well, um, t- Twitter's blowing up. Go to the hashtag Auto Live if you want to see. I know there's a lot of people weighing in, um, and so if you guys also want to see... Uh, what some of the comments are coming in with uh, regards to this panel. That's where you'll find it. And I want to thank you guys for taking time out of the first day of your month. I know you're still cleaning up and uh, to join us, man. It's been great. Thank you. Thank
0: you. Always glad to be here. Have a great day. You thank you, kind of you guys. Advice. Thank you very much.
1: You. Well, that was uh, Marsh Bias, Danny Benitez, and Chris Cercino. Um And I want to thank them for coming on. And that's the other side of the coin, man. Whether it's heads, whether it's tails, uh, it's up to you. I don't know. But um, I'm loving the dialogue, Dave, and yeah, I can't that's... wait to see all of the comments. Again, hashtag is Auto Dealer Live. Jump on Twitter. Look at the stream. Um, I'm sure we're trending, and you can see. That we are. Good. You can see tons of dialogue and people weighing in on it. I saw a tweet coming in from Alan Ram. Um, if, they, if you don't train, they don't care about you. Um, I see uh, Deanna Edson. I have not heard ass yet <laughs> just crap i think that's from her mm-hmm. somebody said that i I don't know <laughs> <coughs> anyway go on twitter and check it out <laughs> because i'm not really sure who that was it was a couple of yeah this
3: conversation is going to continue the 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 content here today training is just such a big part of our business and and i think uh, several of the the uh, guests today pointed out that it's a part of every business really and it's certainly a huge part of our business here. It happens Absolutely. every single morning and really literally throughout the day. And that is what we our believe culture in it. is all about. We believe so. in it, but
1: you know, it's a lot easier. And I, and I got to, I got to sympathize with some of the, you know, I got to sympathize on both sides and we don't have, we don't have the time to go into it. And that's why these mm-hmm. shows are so important. That's why we talk about training a lot, by the way, because there's just the sheer show, okay thank you uh, Kevin Campbell another awesome show thank you Kevin's on the black top there with the Sandy Sainstein group and uh, you know Kevin you know uh, and you I'm sure you agree with this I mean it's when you do a show like this now I have a whole nother show right. you know yeah. because you got to follow up on some of the things because here's here's the deal it's easy for me and you to train I mean honestly I'm not just saying this but you know you're one of the best trainers I know and, you know and I'm pretty good at training and you know our guys and we're, and we're not the only trainers here we're not the only people that train. There's two or three other people that train our salespeople and our business development center and our employees. And so here, here's the thing. Um, I mean, it's easy for us, Dave, mm-hmm. but what if it weren't? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm the CEO of the company, but what if I were a CEO that had more of an accounting background or more of a, an operations background, not a sales background, and it wasn't as easy for me to train? What would I do then? And so it's a dynamic, and it's an issue, and it's something that is not just cut and dry. Chris is right. The trainers were right. Everyone's right now. One thing I do agree, and you know what? I never thought about this. Vetting is so important. And because oh, it's before huge. someone can oh train your people, I mean, I'm not going to let somebody off the street come in, train my people, and, and you know, and and you know, without knowing what they're doing, because. You know, bring it. Don't sing it.
3: Yeah, I, I love this. You know, let's look at the metrics. Let's look at the results. And I loved uh, Danny. You know, um, who yeah. who talked about, hey, you better. And everybody, uh, you know, reiterated this as far as the dealers go. But you, as if you're a trainer. You, you better understand the dealer that you're approaching ahead of absolutely. time. Absolutely. And understand where... But it, we, we believe in that. We it, teach yeah, our absolutely. guys that from a marketing absolutely.
1: standpoint. You don't call a dealer that sells 80 cars and, you, and, and, and talk to them about a, one of your clients that sells 500 cars because there's right. no relation there. Right. You have to know who you're calling. You have to know your audience. Yep. Dave, next week, we're flying out tomorrow. We're le- you're leaving tonight. Uh, some of our guys are leaving Saturday. We're headed to Vegas. Digital dealer 19. You don't want to miss it. If you're going, stop by in the... Expo Hall, Auto Dealer Live will have a booth there uh, the entire time. Come by and meet us. We're going to be doing interviews virtually 70% of the time, unless we're training, doing a session, or in a session. But we're going to be doing interviews the entire two and a half days. Um, I'm going to be doing a leadership uh, session on Monday in the keynote hall. Easy to find, and then you and I are going to do a sales session in the keynote hall on Wednesday. We've got three sponsored segments: Women Who Rock Auto, Keep It or Crush It, and BDC Boardroom. People like Alan Ram, Matt Keenig, Asubi uh, 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 um Laura uh, Madison, Laura Madison, Bobby Heron, Bobby Heron, Heron, Jennifer Briggs, Jennifer Briggs. On and on and <laughs> on and on. We've got twelve people that are going to be live during those three different segments. Not all. Twelve people combine the segments. We're gonna be interviewing them live. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah. I've, so heard a, I've heard a rumor. Non-stop. Kevin Frye's bringing his Easy Bake Oven to the segment. That Come on! on. Yes, yes. There'll be people gathered around in Tampa when we did this at BDC Boardroom. We had probably what Mike, close two to three hundred people. I believe close two and three hundred people gathered around. You know, one time or the other, coming all sure. around. It's gonna be more in Vegas. I'm talking just gathered around our booth, listening. Oh, yeah. There's gonna be a PA system. You don't want to miss it. We're gonna give you a chance to ask live questions. We're gonna have four cameras. Correct, th- four cameras on. You're gonna be on. The show in the audience. We're gonna Te- have a whole technically six when you yeah. count the two that we're gonna periscope
3: with. Awesome. So And the camera, awesome. camera adds ten pounds, so we got six cameras. Yes. So we're adding sixty. Yes.
1: <laughs> so basically, <yeah. laughs> all right,
3: all right, brother. Thank Great you, guys. Show. Thanks, Dave. Thank
2: you.